Player 2, this is Player 1, plugging in. Player 1 is initiating connection. Player 1 is online. Player 1, this is Player 2, plugging in. Player 2 is initiating connection. Player 2 is online. All players have successfully connected. You are now plugged into the Plug and Play podcast. Initiating startup sequence. and thank you for tuning in. This is episode 234 of the Plug and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and across the deal at this brewery, Tap Room. I always get this mixed up. Tap Room. Tap Room. It doesn't, they don't actually have their own beer. It's very true. Um, people are at... We're at the Tap Union Freehouse. That's the place. And yeah. you don't know many people are watching. Yes. It's across from my old church, and it's got it's a It's actually cool. a mo- it's old monastery. Nice. Even better. Um, old monks. And we are enjoying what one of the beers they have on tap. Um... This segment, we will talk about the Octagon, which is a beer from Grains of Wrath in Camas, Washington. It's an Imperial uh, Double IPA. Uh, I'm trying to look more about it. Sorry. Um, it's definitely hoppy. Um, very dank. Um, nice. It has an 8.8 ABV, and I don't know what the IBUs are. Um, this is their winter season double IPA. It's the first one. Yeah. That's all I, I really have about it. It's good. It's really good. It's um. Cheers. Cheers, worthy. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Oh, by the way, welcome, minions. Yes, I am Zach, and alongside me, as always, is Tim. Um, Tim, what have you been up to this week, other than shooting fools in the face? Like I do. Um. Well, I came over and saw John Wick with you. You did. And too. Twenty two, and I want to hear your impressions about that. But what I'm, the part I'm going to talk about is setting it up at your place, because that was a pain in the ass. Setting it up was a pain in the ass for some fucking reason. So I rented it on on uh, Vudu, which is like, um, I think it's Walmart streaming service. Yeah. Uh, I had a bunch of ultraviolet movie codes at one point, which is Sony's digital system, and then Sony decided to close it down. So I had like only a few options to choose where to transfer it to, and Vudu was one of the options. I figured Walmart would probably be around for a while, so I went with them. Um, anyway, this isn't actually in my collection. This is a rental, because um, that's where I found the best way to get John Wick 2. And uh, So I went to Zach's house, and he has a smart TV, so he can pull up the Voodoo app, no yep. problem. He, yep. doesn't, he doesn't have an account, so I just put in my information, hit enter, and wrong, wrong in, login info. And I checked and double-checked. I typed it like five times. And it would not accept it. And I don't know why that is, other than maybe at, I put in the... Um, to rent the movie, I, I paid for it at home on my laptop. So I was logged into Voodoo on my laptop. Because I just wanted to have it ready to go when, yeah, we, yeah. when I went over to your house. I didn't want to, like, you know... Have to fuck around with No. Yeah. But it, it would not let me go in. It said incorrect information. And I was doing the right information. So we did this, like, I don't know, five, ten minutes. I'm getting really frustrated with it. It so was, like, ten minutes. I ate a whole bowl of popcorn. Right, so I deleted the Voodoo app on your smart TV and like started all over from scratch, and yep. then it worked just fine first yep. time. Yep. So whatever, it, 
it could be a little more user friendly. Um, we'll talk more about John Wick 2 a little later. Um, this weekend was the weekend we got to remember Terrence, um, the buddy we talked about several episodes ago. Yeah. Um, his celebration of life was again at Cascada Brewing, which we've been at several times now. Yep. And we got there a little late because of my work schedule. Um, and he just wanted to hang back, be there at the same time as me. Yep. Um, but we got to see a little memorial for him. That was um, cool. Someone made like a word picture of like things that were important to him, like hockey and um, they had, like just a bunch weird of weird questions. Yes, which I got explained. Yes. His uh, kind of adoptive daughter, he would ask her weird questions after school. Yeah. And uh, she kind of liked that, actually. So it was really cool to see different people in his life. Um, a lot of hockey fans there. Um, lots of hockey fans. Lots of uh, Seattle and Portland hockey fans. And watching them kind of skirt around each other was hilarious. Yeah, they're like, we're, just, like cats we're here for the same person, but I don't want to talk to you. Tem- temporary ceasefire. Yeah. Like, this is like a, like a neutral ground. This is like a... Yeah, this is like a no. This is like the hotel in John Wick too. Exactly, very good, good reference. See, ah, yes, I can do this too. So that was good. It was a, a strange experience to have a, like a wake or a remembrance in a brewery. I mean, people would be laughing the at a story. Was, was the, the, the the two women that we were talking to upstairs, I didn't realize that they knew Terrence. Yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah. Like. I was just like, oh, these must be Tim's friends, also, and th- I mean they are. But it was just. I mean, like, that's why I was I, hanging with him. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that you knew who they didn't know. Are they like Festivus no Terrence, or are they like they knew knew him more than I did? Uh, one was a Festivus slash Twitter friend, yeah. and the other Megan. Yeah. Another Megan, not yeah, the Megan we yeah, talked yeah. about. Uh, used to go to the church we go to. Yeah. So, I was commenting, like speaking of all these different people, like different realms, you know, yeah, yeah. Twitter, yeah. hockey. It's really a shame that there's not like like sometimes you do this for a birthday where you get to see all the different people in your life, yeah. different areas in one spot. But none of this happens until you die, and then you don't get to be there for it. Right. Um, I just think that's odd. So Sad. It kind of makes me want to plan like a big 60th birthday party or something just so I get the experience of having all these disparate people from dis- different areas of my life together just once while all I'm there together. to ex- while I'm there to experience it. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. You'll still be there. I'll be like, when you die, I'm gonna cut off your head, boil your scalp, and like peel it off. And you have to put a robot inside my jaw and like an AI no, that's a little talking. Hi, my name's Tim. I don't talk like that. Shut up. That's what the new Tim talks like. Okay, I'm gonna have to have very specific instructions for my remains. Apparently, like. No, no. We're gonna go straight. We've already signed all this paperwork. No, no. I'm gonna go straight, straight to being uh, burnt. Uh, crispy, crispy Tim. No, no, crispy like in like. Kentucky Fried Crispy Chicken, Tim? No, beyond that. We're going to be du- like Marvel Dust, Tim. <laughs> so, uh, moving on. But I, that is very true, though. That would be a good reason to throw a big party. To yeah. have, like, everybody there at once. Because it's kind of sad, because I don't think... I mean, I could be wrong, I feel like but I only, highly doubt that he ever had all these people together all at once. I don't think so. Yeah. I really don't. And, and I think, that's sad. I think, I think, like, a 50th or 60th party is the only way you could really get away with doing that. I think 50th. Because a 60, like, what? Really? Hmm. I mean, maybe you're still going to be out there partying and stuff. But, like, 50, like, you can still, like, throw back a couple beers, like, hardcore and, like, do some it's other stuff. It's not that shit. far from you, bro. It's really not that far. I know. That's the reason why I'm <laughs> saying this stuff, Tim. All right, for well. For me, it is. I got a couple years to, to yeah, plan that. I got another, like, 20 something. Well, for you, it would be 40, yeah, I think. 40 for me would be great. Yeah. And that's actually a, a birthday that a lot of people celebrate big. Uh, I, we celebrated 50 for our family, but a lot of us didn't make it to our 60, so... Yeah, well, I didn't think I'd make it to 40, so here we are. Yeah. 
All right. Um, last week I talked about um, the journalist who was looking into Anthem and Bioware. I bought his book and I've read the first. Oh, yeah. What was his name again? It wasn't uh, Arthur. Was Jason it? Schreier, oh, I believe. I love Schreier. Sorry. Yeah. I always mispronounce his name. Yeah, that's fine. So I've been reading his book. Um, just like a couple chapters in, and you like, sent me the photo of it. it. Looked pretty decent from the one pages. I mean, it seemed very. It's very interesting yeah. so far. Like the first kind of like story in the book that I've been reading is uh, one of the big f- first uh, crowdfunded campaigns. Not the very first, but one of the first. You talking about the spaceship one? Are you talking about like a? Uh, um, be- the one that's still not out yet. Oh God, no! no. Oh. I'm talking about successful. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was um, successfully back. I guess, still not but out we yet. don't have a game, so. Obsidian Entertainment, who made Fallout uh, Vegas and many other games, yeah, they almost lost their company because Microsoft had commissioned a game for them, Stormbringers or something, and mm. then canceled it. Oh. And they had to let go a whole bunch of people, and they were like, well, shit, what do we do now? So uh, Double Fine had just successfully kickstarted their game um, that I'm drawing a blank on right now. Right now it's an adventure game. Um, but they were looking at that and said, hey, maybe we could, you know, instead of worrying about coming up with outside yeah. investor money try this Kickstarter thing and at first the leadership was really like, hesitant mm-hmm. yeah. but they did decide to do like a Dungeons and Dragons style game but with their own like spin on it because they weren't going to use those rule sets because those are trademarked Yeah. and um, so yeah they did crowdfunding for Pillars of Eternity and they were looking for like 1 million and the guy who like pitched the whole Kickstarter thing to the company was like hoping for 2 million yeah they got like over 4 Wow. Um, and they made the game, and um, it was a success story. So I think the author is starting with a success story because it's, it's going to not always be successful. Uh, and the next chapter is Uncharted 4, and I'm interested to hear about that. I'm talking about the uh, PlayStation 4 game that like froze up on stage, and people were like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, it wasn't the worst. It wasn't the worst E3 but there, demo. But, but there were some problems yeah. along the way for sure. So I, I'm interested to hear about that. I might not pick this book up and start reading again. Someday. So far, it's good, and it's really easy to read, and um, yeah, it's great. I, I do recommend it. If you're interested in the games business, yeah. um, it's very readable, and it's interesting. And uh, you again, know what? That's and blood, sweat, blood, Sweat, and Pixels, just in case you missed the title. So the one thing I will chip in is you should check out, there's a crowdfunded a uh, video game, almost like historical society called Noclip. Okay. It's done. It's done by Danny O'Dwyer, um, who did was from Gamespot. Um, I believe he was part of Giant Bomb. Um, so they're like in the video game preservation, or no? So he's like his. He's like he is going in and interviewing the people that were in the like main phase of different parts of the video game industry and like getting backstories from like game developers about the video game production and stuff like that. So this is a video video um, journalistic preservation and also he has a podcast he drops and the Jeff Gersman story just dropped. So nice. It's all about Jeff like when he was like 14, 13, literally going to E3 with this like junior in high school that these two dumb fucks just knew how to write about video games, knew how to play. One of them was smart enough to get accepted in the E3 and needed Jeff to go with him. So he went there, and he literally—that's where he met Ryan, that he started Giant Bomb with. That's and it was cool. just like his whole entire story, like of this is the type of shit that I dealt with. This is what happened. It's not this person's fault. And like he even goes through like the, uh, through uh, the fallout between him and 
GameSpot. Game mm-hmm. And he was like, how he like he didn't want to talk down to people at GameSpot because like his friends were still there and stuff. But people like on social media back then were like attacking them and like oh, sending yeah. them hate mail and oh, stuff. Yeah. And Jeff was like, this is not this is not my doing. Stop doing it because these are my friends. This is their livelihoods. Yeah, I'm screwed right now. But and so like Jeff gets really personal like on like things like that have happened in his life and the other people that he's cared about throughout the industry um so it's pretty interesting that does sound so i would check it out it's called no clip it's a podcast is how where i heard it but they also do it's all kickstarted so he started and he's like traveled the world off this kickstarter just interviewing these people that have like made uh like doom and stuff like that cool so yeah that would be interesting yeah, to me that's right up your alley with this book um, the other thing I did this week is I want to try out um, other places around Portland. There's actually a lot of places in Portland that do ramen. Um, no, there's not. Yeah, there is. No, there's not. There's about no, 20. No, fuck off. No, fuck off. I know that you like your. You have your favorite. No, it's the only one I've been to, so actually I should try more. Well, I can be your guinea pig. So I went to a place called Shoko Shushi. Um, it's off of... Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank now. It's in the southeast Portland. Okay. And it has a fairly unassuming front, except it has a nice little patio with, hmm. like, wooden tables and stuff. Like you could sit out there and eat? You could. Not in the weather right yeah, now. Right but now. Um, So I went during lunchtime, and I didn't know this, but I'm kind of glad that I went during lunchtime because they have an eight ninety five special bowl of ramen and a sushi roll for 9 bucks. Is it, like, decent ramen? Like, uh, ramen that you choose? Or is it just like, hey, this is our house ramen. Here you go. No, there was four choices. Okay. Um, they didn't have Show the you. one. Nope, that was mm. the one that was not listed. Yeah. That's the one I would have chosen. The most fucking famous one. But, but again, that was good because it made me choose something different. So what did you choose? I chose chashu ramen, so which is, is a it's a pork based. Um, That's kind of what well, we guess the one we get the beef, huh? No, I think shoyu, and I could be wrong. Is it chicken? I think it's chicken and pork. Okay, so chicken and pork. So okay, so how was the just strictly pork based? So it was, one? it was kind of sweet. Um, it definitely had the pork fl- like very strong pork flavor. Um, compared to show you, um, it was sweet and oddly creamy in taste or texture. I'm not Did sure. Did they put a cream in it? Maybe. Was it creamy colored? It, or was, no? it was cloudy, so possibly. Yeah, they may have dropped, like, um, dropped some half and half or something. Maybe. I don't. I really don't know. But huh. it had a creamy texture flavor to it. Um, the noodles were good. There was some pork belly and egg in there just already. For nine bucks, I got a steal. I got some spicy salmon rolls on the side. Did you get picked what type of rolls, too? Uh, yeah. There was, like, only four choices, like California rolls, spicy salmon roll. Can't remember what the other two choices were. Nice. Okay. Um, but hell of a meal for nine bucks. Yeah. So I was no very shit. happy with that. No tax, either. Nope. So, yeah. Uh, that was fun. I kind of did that by myself, though. So what have you been up to this week? Well, apparently, everybody's texting me now saying that they're getting into this email. And what do they do? So I'm resp- I've just responded to the four people, fill the fucker out. So. Okay, you can't talk about stuff that you can't talk about. Yep, exactly. So I'm just going to leave it at that. That's what I've been doing this week. Um, besides that, I watched John Wick 2 with you. So, what did you think of the movie? I really liked it. So you liked the first one, right? Yeah, I did. Um, um, this one gets more into like the mythology of the assassins and everything around it. It does. Um, they introduced the marker, which is uh, cool. They introduced the marker. I really feel like... I'm really disappointed that they don't have like a pre-John Wick. Like a backstory movie on him what if there was comics i mean yeah i mean i'd read it are there comics or like his backstory i believe john wick is based on a comic so i'm not 100 percent sure on the answer to that okay i mean i would check it out if there was a comic that'd be awesome because i i really just feel like 
this would be a hell of a lot better movie if they would have started it like 10 years ago 12 years ago and started like when he got in and like see I like the fact that he starts as like this kind of homebody in a granted a really nice house with a wife and a dog and like you don't know his history okay let's do the fucking Star Wars effect then What's the Star Wars effect? Let's do the, the fucking, prequels. Yeah, let's do the fucking prequels then. The the shitty thing is that it probably would not be John Wick or not yeah. John Wick. Um, it wouldn't be Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. It'd have to be someone else. Yeah. Which is shitty because nobody can do him. So. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be very difficult. You would have to specifically drop probably close to a million dollars on training to get somebody to do him. Um. I mean, there's probably some kid out there who's really good at. Maybe. Martial arts and guncraft, but yeah, um, but I don't can know. He act? I, I do really like the movies, and I'm extremely excited to go see the third one. So, which is coming up pretty soon. So it I, is. So we watched John Wick two with you, my wife and I, mm-hmm. and my wife loved it. So Sweet. she's all down to go see John Wick three. Nice. So um, this is like her type of fucking movie. Perfect. And uh, other than that, the next day we had my cousin over and his girlfriend uh, Catherine, and then we had Tony over as well. Got a couple of beers and played some Jackbox, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and I opened up a Patreon account for Podcast Junkie, mm-hmm. which has been doing fairly well. Um, I'm up to like $40 a month right now. Sweet. Um, the nice thing about this is that I'm not taking any of the cash and keeping it for myself. So actually, I made it myself. A new, did, I, did I have the Excel spreadsheet when you were over last time? You talked about it, but I didn't see it. Okay, so I have an Excel spreadsheet that I put in like every single time I get money. Mm-hmm. And then I'm spending the money either giving it to other people that are doing like indie podcasts or I'm buying the microphones or I'm buying shirts of theirs to give them a profit and to give the shirts away um, which leads me to my next thing which I guess technically I should go over like you can if you go to podcast or patreon.com forward slash podcast junkie you can get in as cheap as a dollar a month um, and it goes up from there there's gonna be new levels coming out I've actually I started this cool thing so I emailed a bunch of indie podcasts like super indie podcasts and I was like hey I want to do this Patreon level, this like 10 to $15, about three to four times a year, I'm going to write a letter. And just like, this is what your funds have gone to. Nice. And like, this is, you know, we've raised this much money, I spent this much money on this, this person got a microphone, this person got, you know, uh, they we paid for their hosting for a year, um, you know, stuff like that. So like a, almost kind of like a corporate letter of like the... Shareholders letter? Yeah, like a shareholders letter. Um, is there something that you could contribute to add to this letter? So I've been getting this outpouring of indie podcast stickers being sent to me, mm-hmm. and then uh, I even met with one of them before Terrence's Remembrance. Oh, so you would send a physical letter to your patron? Physical, With a bunch of stickers. And, and so it's going to come with, like, right now we're up to, like, I think every single one of them. And I think what I'm going to have to do is, because I have more coming in. This is the first week. Some people haven't even sent their stuff out yet. Mm-hmm. I've already got, like, six podcasts. Well, you said you want to do this, like, in a year, right? What? How often are you going to send this letter? About three to four times a year. Okay. So about every quarter, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now I've already got like probably about four to six different podcast stickers at my house. Hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually break the Patreon levels apart and then mark them like group A, B, and C, D. And then I'm going to group the stickers in A, B, C, and D. And then I'm going to shuffle it all together. So some months, everyone will get the same letter. But everybody will get different stickers. That's cool. So that they're not always the same. And then they have a year's worth of stickers that get rotated through. 
Um, and then, of course, you know, obviously, if somebody randomly, like, new podcast jumps up and wants to give me a sticker or something like that, I'll toss that into everybody's and then get them onto a schedule. Um, so that, that's pretty cool. And so that's going to become a Patreon level for, like, $10 a month, I think. Um, and it's not up yet. Um, obviously, there's going to be some merch level discounts and stuff like that. Uh, but that brings me into my next thing about merch is we're doing a t-shirt giveaway for I have a line of t-shirts it's a t-shirt sweatshirt or hoodie I should say and a coffee cup and it's called support any podcast mm -hmm. each one of them have at least a four dollar profit on it to me um, and with that profit I'm putting into a special account that is specifically for just giving to other people that's cool so right now I think my I think my like for Podcast Junkie alone, which Plug and Play is about the same exact price, if not a little bit more, um, I think we're at like, I can pull it up really quick. Uh, what do you mean exact price? Uh, like monthly pricing, like how much it costs me to do it. Oh, okay. Or costs us to do Podcast Junkie, or uh, Plug and Play, I mean. Um, for Podcast Junkie, it is... It has costed me $18.99 this month. So that's including this giveaway because I had to pay for a giveaway platform that actually was designated. So normally it's $9.99. So that's what also roughly what Plug and Play costs minus the domain names that we have, which you and I talked about. We're going to drop some of them. Dump. Yep. So that will significantly cut our cost back because we're closer to like 20 to $30 a month. Yeah, we need to trim. Yeah. Um, the Podcast Junkie right now is about $9.99 a month. And even after I paid for the giveaway, I'm still at positive $31.09 for the month. So, so you can look at some direct support. like, like Direct you're support of like, like trying to help somebody or... else out or buying the shirt. And that's where this comes in is I'm going to be doing a giveaway of a T-shirt at the end of April, so April 30th, um, we're doing a giveaway, and there's a ton of ways you can do entries. You can do an entry every day off of Twitter, um, and basically, if you guys want to find out more details, just go to Twitter, at CastJunkie, and uh, there's like a tagged post or something like that, or go over to GiveLab.com, that's G-I-V-E-L-A-B.com, forward slash Podcast Junkie, I think. Um I think your Twitter would probably be... Twitter's the easiest one. So it'll direct you to there, too. Yeah, it'll direct you strictly there. And, yeah, we're just giving away a T-shirt, and it's kind of a cool design, and a lot of people have bought it. So I got one coming. Should be here next week sometime. Nice. So, yeah. That's what I've been up to this week. Cool. A lot of uh, podcast shit, besides things I can't talk about, apparently. Well, that was your decision. Yeah, exactly. So, what are you doing? Um, nothing. Um... So, I guess that brings us to news. news. All right. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about news. Talk about what type of news. Let's talk about difficulty in games. Okay. Um, so, Sekiro is this game that came out pretty recently from, I think it's a From Software, I think. The people who did like Dark Souls and um, oh, yeah. those hard-ass games. Yeah. So one of the reviewers um, for PC Gamer beat the final boss with cheats because it 
these bosses, like, throughout the game, take, like, four hours to you learn. you say the developer beat it with cheats? No, no, the reviewer, oh, the reviewer for PC Gamer beat it with, oh, with okay. cheats and doesn't feel bad about it because they're just ridiculously hard. Like, yeah. And he wanted to get the review done. And so this, uh, <laughs> this tweet went viral from uh, Fetus Berry, who's a... Uh, that's his Twitter handle, Fetusberry. Um, you cheated not only the game, but yourself. You didn't grow. You didn't improve. You took a shortcut and gained nothing. You experienced a hollow victory. Nothing was risked and nothing was gained. It's sad that you don't know the difference. So this went viral. Like, people were making videos of, like... Oh, my God. Like, there's, like, common cheats in games. Like, yeah. And so, like, they were having the video game character... Like, they would, they would play a video of that and, like, the character cheating... And then the character in the game would say, like, that tweet to them. And they're, like, really funny. There's some Mario ones. There's a whole bunch of them. Oh, shit. Um, it just went really big. But I wanted to kind of take a sideways, like, maybe have a little conversation about difficulty in games. Okay. Um, so, I know you've used cheat engines yeah. in the past. And I personally don't necessarily cheat but i will drop the difficulty if i yeah. want to get through a game because i get on a good week two to four hours to game yeah so i i'm never going to play a souls game because no. i don't have the time Not to that. i don't have the time to a cheat engine. i don't think even then because that's sort of the point of the game yeah, yeah. so i'm now it, it would defeat the purpose of that game um but people are saying hey maybe you should p- put an easier level in it and that's like sparked a big debate like i don't think you should not if the point of the game is to be fucking hard that's just tough shit yeah, but what's wrong with making it more accessible? Why? I'm not saying the developer has to, but does it really harm the experience of the people that play the original version? It diminishes the effect that the developer wants on the game to have on you. Okay. Um, I, in general, am in... Like, uh, in I mean, I fully get having te- easier Nintendo levels. Nintendo is like really embracing the easy thing. Oh, like, yeah. Like, there's modes in... Mario, where you basically well, it's are... in Red Dead Redemption, if you fail a mission four times, it gives you an option to skip to the next cutscene after the mission is over, mm-hmm. and it's like really fucking tricky because I think it's like that X button or something. So it's like a button you're mashing on to get through <laughs> the fucking dialogue, and then it's also like, yeah, you just failed. You wanna you wanna skip this? And God damn it! But luckily, I never did that. But um, a lot of games are taking that way out nowadays easier ways i appreciate the option i typically play on normal um but there has been times when i've dipped to easy to get through some things i appreciate i would the say options it, i would say it's areas. probably 10 to 20 percent for me i appreciate the options in some areas i don't think i've i've dipped the i have dipped the difficulty in there's a game just recently i was playing it wasn't red dead redemption it was something else Right before Red Dead Redemption, I can't remember. Anyways, I did dip it down to the next level below. Um, oh, it was uh, it's the fucking Switch game that I bought you, Diablo Three. Yeah. I had it on the very hardest one, and I couldn't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. So I dipped it down to the next one below. But you were going from the like the top of the scale, yeah, so yeah. That, that's I mean, not that's not like going from normal to easy. Well, I I get that, but it's I mean they still obviously have that built into the game. So even if you were at like the next one up, it's gonna drop you down to easy. Um, but for games like Souls, I I don't think that they need to. I just got a code for a feather. Oh, I was like, uh... So I will be uh, putting up a YouTube 
quick look or review of Feather for Switch soon. Sweet. I, I just feel like games like Dark Souls that are built to be Speaking hard. of easy games, like you can't Feather. die. You cannot die in this game. You just fly around literally. Literally just get stoned and fly around like a feather. I can't wait. So, I don't know. I, I'm i on the fence. Okay. I, I do feel like there should be like the basketball games and shit like that. Like there's so many of us that just want to use Cheat, cheat Engine. Mm-hmm. Just to get through the fucking like main story, like we don't give a shit. Like we just want to have the best outcome at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like they should just have that built in. There's enough of us that fucking cheat the engine, this shit. Like that should just be built in. <laughs> okay. It used to be built in. All right. It used to be built in like on like the NBA Jam. It was always built in. Like, do you want to not miss a shot? Yes. Okay. Like you'd be at the fucking other opponent's court and you'd still make the fucking shot. Like they don't give a shit. <laughs> so. I don't know. That's my opinion. You want to talk about black holes? Talk about Satan's anus. All right, so we finally have a picture of a black hole. Um, the Event Horizon Telescope <laughs> captures <No kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> captures uh, one of the most powerful, confounding, and fascinating objects in existence. Did it go into the hole? No, no. It's, mm. a, it's a telescope took a picture. Um, so it's a fuzzy picture. It's a really fuzzy fucking picture. So it must be really far away. So what the hell is all the red shit around it? Is that like fire? That's, no, that's like light being sucked into this hole that literally sucks anything into it. Like, it's like the... We're next. I mean, if you got close enough to it. It's 50 million light years away. It's in the... It's a black hole in the center of the Messier 87 galaxy. That's what so, the word looks like. It might be Messier. So the funny it's, thing about this is, like, if it's sucking everything in, it's sucking us closer. Maybe. It's a gravity well, but... like Like... All these gal- gal- galaxies have their own... So how do you create a black hole? Could our sun turn into a black hole? It's... Oh, God. I don't want to get into quantum I don't know, astrophysics. Let's just move on. It's cool that we got Welcome a picture of a black hole. Welcome to the astrophysics podcast from Plug and Play Productions. Uh, hey, Tim. So uh, can our sun turn into a black hole? No. Damn it. <laughs> let's, let's talk about PSN usernames. Okay. You can finally change them, but you probably... No way. But you probably shouldn't. Oh. Um, Wait, so I'm still stuck with like some shitty like D4RK333GNED. Yeah, so they'll let people um, change your name once for free, and then okay. it's $10 after that. Oh, Jesus. Oh, right, but wait. But some if, you're, games, if you're a plus subscriber, it's only four ninety nine. But some games, it doesn't matter, right? So, okay, so for PS4 games released on or after April 1st, 2018, right. everything should work fine. But after that, they're not guaranteeing it. They have a list of games that will have no issues. Um, so, like... Call of Duty and shit. Bloodborne, Grand Theft Auto... Oh, wait. All the big names. No, no. These these are games that have issues. Bloodborne, Grand Theft Auto 5, Warframe, Uncharted 4 have issues, among others. So that could mean you lose, like, your saves, your cloud saves. You could lose your... Trophies. It's because they're hitting outside servers. So it gets even worse when you're talking about PS3 or Vita games. And I don't play PS3 that much anymore. But, but Vita I, you do. I do. And if I was to lose my saves, I'd be pissed. So I guess I'll just keep being butt sexer 69 on PlayStation for now. I, I'm curious to see... I wondered who the fuck that was on my, on my so PlayStation. He's this guy that keeps asking to be my friend. I don't want, I don't so want to be your friend. Butt sex 69. What the fuck? I ain't doing this. Um, I mean, I would love to change... I, I would like to have my universal gamer tag. 
um, that I have mm-hmm. on Microsoft and Steam on that. And everywhere but, else. But I, it's Did not. Did you create an account just to steal that username? No. You probably should. Mm, I don't. If I do that, then I don't know if I can change my name to it. You'd have to. Because oh, yeah. I have account, uh, my account has a ton of, I have so many games on PlayStation, like over 400, Zach. I know. I can't, I can't want to mess with my account. Well, speaking of accounts and online, tech? Let's, let's talk some tech. Okay, what's that? All right, I hate my lawnmower. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I've been dealing with my lawnmower now for two weeks. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. It worked fine last season. It's an older lawnmower. Um, it's a nice lawnmower, though. It's got a decent engine on it. So I did the same thing as the last season. The, what worked last time, you told me, is to fill up the oil again. Yeah. Did, didn't do anything. I got a brand new spark plug. Guess what? Didn't do anything. It didn't do anything. I like put blisters on my hands trying to start it. Yeah, I'm sorry that? about that. My yeah. Finger? yeah, sorry about that. You want me to kiss a boo-boo? No, kiss my boo-boo. So I, I gave up. I, so I gave it. Somebody? I gave it to a guy to fix, and I probably will get it back tomorrow. And How much? 80 what did he say was wrong with it? He doesn't know yet. That's his, that's his fee. He's going to just clean it all up. I'm sure he'll... Yeah, I don't know what he does. I don't care what he does. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes my lawnmower to be happy. Um, it came well recommended, so I think he'll fix it for me. But nice. Yeah, it's a, a tool that I depend on to keep my lawn trimmed, yeah. and my lawn is now like way overgrown. You need to do your front lawn. I, I need to do something with my front lawn. So I think we, we should cut down get a, AstroTurf. C- or not AstroTurf, but just turf. Can we do part of it that way or all of it? No, we have to do all of it. Damn it. It's okay. very expensive. It's a problem. That's why I don't want to do it that way. But we're kind of, well, we're like right at the season right now, like where we either need to get the son of a bitch seeded or not. Well, I would have to do something where the tree was because nothing's growing on that. I'd have to put some kind of dirt over it. We would need to dig the fuck out of it and put some dirt over it. Yeah. Well, so my lawn sucks. My and Welcome to my last house. It's a real bitch. God, like last year, I swear this podcast was just you, like dealing with your lawn. I don't want to live that two way. Two years ago. Two years ago, yeah, yeah, that's right. So anyway, that's uh, our stupid tech talk. So right. I don't have anything better for you. Some cool device, but I do have a lawnmower that doesn't work, so I'm yeah. gonna talk about it. All right, cool. Well, we'll be right back after this music break, guys. And we are back to Jesus in Hand. Second half brought to us by Steelhead Brewing Company. No, it's not. It's by it's Pelican. Out of Eugene, Oregon. That's your, literally you're reading your beer glass. Yep. It's not what you're drinking. <laughs> I forgot what I'm drinking. You're drinking the Pelican IPA that you can't remember yep, the name of. Exactly. Okay, well. It's not very good. Try it. No. You tell me it's not that good, I'm going to believe you. <laughs> it's not that great. <laughs> well, I like mine. It tastes like a, uh, like a session, but it's not supposed to be a session. That's unfortunate. Yep. So. You know where we're going next? They have Fort George Vortex on tap at happy hour for four bucks. I'm going to have to get two of those. All right, Tim. You ready to kick it? Let's kick it. All right. I'm going to kick it first. Pot cable. So we've uh, featured something kind of like this. This is a different form factor, though. I like so, this one. So I- this is a three-in-one charging cable, um, which we have... I think the other one was like inside of a tube or something, right? It was really compact, and I was worried it would break. Um, this is a bit bigger. It's got a nice loop on one end to, to like clip it to your bag or whatever if you want to. 
And then I didn't check. Do we have video on this or audio nope. on this? Nope. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, this is a multi-charging device. has three devices at uh, fast speed simultaneously, so you can do USB-C, micro-USB, and lightning mm -hmm. um, out of LA. Um, they are looking for $5,000. Uh, currently, they're 9392 380 backers, 16 days to go. And I'm sorry if I paused for a second. I have other things going on in my life right now. So, um, um, so Pi Cable? Mm -hmm. or, it, or Pickable? Pickable? Probably a Pi Cable. I don't Probably. know. It's easy removable, uh, easy to remove, uh, ultra, portable, ultra portable, um, no error messages, and no messy cables. So, just I wanted to point one thing out to you the backing level. Uh, one is 12. Uh huh. Two is 18. I might need one of these. They look kind of cool. They do. Um, and also, um, they're sp supposedly shipping in June, so. Being perfect time for packs. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should just do that. You should probably. You should probably back it for two. Okay. Um, and I'll just give you nine bucks. Um, anyways, like Tim said, guys, uh, single pack twelve dollars, dual pack is eighteen, grand day. Them all is forty five, and it's a five pack. And uh, like Tim said, they're they're hoping to ship in June. So uh, yeah, go get your pie cable, or pickable. Pickable. All right, so I heard about this next Kickstarter from my um, press account. They emailed me about it. It is a streaming service. Um, everybody's getting into it now. Microsoft is about to launch theirs at E3. We, we talked about uh, Stadia a couple weeks ago. Um, this is AntStream, uh, Retro Gaming Reborn. So it's a streaming service um, for retro gaming. Like Think like Neo Geo, um, Atari, NES... Although I, I wonder if it'd only be third-party NES, like those era games, like 8-bit, 16-bit, um, and they have quite a few titles. Um, they're going to be running on PC, Mac, Xbox One, and mobile devices. Okay. Um, they've got a lot to say. It's about four minutes long. If it's hopefully interesting to you, otherwise, go grab another beer, and we'll be right back. Do you remember when gaming was colorful, fun, and filled with exploding barrels? It's time to let the good times roll again. We're making retro gaming simple, easy, and accessible. Our app gives you access to hundreds of the best retro games, which you can stream to play on demand. And that library will grow rapidly into thousands. You can play on console, on PC, on tablet, on set-top box. Cross-play, pick up and play. Compete in challenges, climb leaderboards, join a community. It's the ultimate in retro gaming without any fiddly emulators, micro consoles, downloads, or having to blow on a cartridge to make it work. This is Anstream, and we're revolutionizing retro gaming. Just like Netflix or Spotify, once you have the app installed, you can click and play any game instantly. It's streamed from the cloud, so there's nothing to download and no special hardware required. The reactions have been amazing so far when you're talking about Antstream. The minute someone realizes that they can play the games they love instantly in their own home on any device, it's just been brilliant to see how engaged people are and how much they want to get their hands on this product as soon as possible. There wasn't really any delay or lag from the inputs. I was trying some of the challenges in there and it got very, very competitive. It's actually blown me away. The nostalgia hit that I got uh, is incredible. I can see this doing great things. Antstream. Join a community. Join the future of retro gaming.
So I first realized there was a demand for something like Antstream about four years ago when I was at a mobile gaming conference and people were queuing up for one game, but that wasn't mobile games, that was an old arcade cabinet in the corner. And I realized when, when I saw who was in the aisle, it wasn't just gamers over 30, it was gamers of all ages just getting really excited about these classic games. One of the great features of Antstream is the challenges system. You can play against your friends, but you can also challenge them. You can take that globally and see how you're doing worldwide. You can keep an eye on what games they're playing and what achievements they've got over you. And I think that's adding a really good dynamic to bringing retro gaming to a new generation. One thing that's really important was to create a legitimate service. I wanted to make sure that every time somebody is playing a game, the owner of that game is getting paid. I'm really looking forward to playing games that I couldn't play when I was younger. Some of them were out before I was born, others I just didn't play because I wasn't allowed a console until I was PS2 era. So for me it's going to be really good to get hands on with stuff that I've heard people talk about that I've never experienced myself. Well, classic games of old were played on a variety of devices. The technology that Handstream has created has made them very user friendly. So the fact that you can play on a touchscreen is just amazing. We've already secured over 2,000 games. We have over 400 games ready to play from day one and we'll be constantly adding new games and challenges on a weekly basis. We all know that gamers love collectibles. All gamers like to have something to show how far they've progressed and what they've managed to achieve. Whether it's logging in from your first day to playing 100 games to completing a certain challenge, you're always going to have that log of just exactly what you've managed to achieve. One of the things people worry about with cloud gaming is the latency. The latency is how long it takes from pressing a button to seeing the action happen on screen. And that's something we've worked really, really hard on to make sure we've got some of the lowest latency available in cloud gaming today. The team here in the studio are absolutely amazing. They're so passionate about what they do. They love retro games and they love the fact that they can bring these retro games to an audience through these devices. I love the fact that you can just, uh, you, you just load the app and you just play. There's no faff, it's just instant fun. My favourite feature of Antstream is actually the challenges because it adds another dimension to the old classic games. Definitely the challenges, it absolutely revolutionises the way you can play the games. There's always new titles coming in to test and see how they handle on different platforms. Working with the games that I loved when I was a kid and making them better. When it comes to older games, I think there's a lot of stuff out there that it's a shame it's not being played and it's just great to get it exposed to as many people as possible. Um, the wizardry that they do is far beyond anything I can understand, but watching it come to life is just the best experience because they are great at what they do. Creating Antstream has been an amazing journey. I've got to travel to Japan, to America, all over the UK and I've met some amazing people, including some veterans who've created some of the best games ever created. I've also got to build an amazing team and find people who are really passionate about retro and get them all together to create an amazing product. Ultimately, this will be a one-stop shop for every game available on the planet, so uh, what's not to like about that? All right, as you just heard, they have quite ambitious plans for this. Uh, month, like not, They have a monthly, I think. They definitely have a six-month and then a year subscription service. If you back now, um, you can... I just... I was actually watching the countdown for the early backer, and it, like, went away. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, you can get the full backer reward now for $57, which is a year subscription, as well as um, early access to Antstream, access to Kickstarter's backer Discord channel, founder title on Discord, and a founder title in the Antstream interface. So you get, like, you know, basically a sticker next to your name saying, Oh, damn. You're a founder. Um, going back to what they're asking for, they're looking for $65,000, $65,275, um, they are pretty much exactly halfway there with 29937 as we are recording with 340 
one backers. They just launched uh, 29 days to go. Um, and like I said, there's there's also a season backer with six months, um, which you can get for $37. And that just gives you Discord channel access and six months of the service. So I, I told you about the full backer. Let's go to the top tier. Okay, this... Okay. Uh, $1,548. Institution licenses. This reward we designed with museums, retro gaming associations, or other institutions interested in retro gaming in mind gives access to five accounts with a lifetime subscription to the Anstream Retro Gaming Service. All the accounts will have the challenges available at launch unlocked firms. So lifetime subscriptions to Anstream Retro Gaming Service times five. Um, early access. Access to Kickstarter, Backers, Discord channel, VIP title on Discord, VIP title, and Anstream. There's 25 left of five. Honestly, if you were super into this and like had a retro gaming club, I would pretend to be a museum because fifteen hundred split five ways is what? Fifteen hundred split what? Five ways. I have no idea. Oh come on, we can do math, can't we? Fifteen hundred split five ways is three grand. No no no. You're multiplying by two. No. Fifteen hundred? Yes, fifteen hundred. One thousand five hundred dollars. Okay, one thousand five hundred. I was thinking of fifteen thousand, sorry. Yeah, yeah. One thousand five hundred split five ways? Mm -hmm. Three hundred. So, so if a yearly subscription is like, looks like roughly sixty to seventy dollars, like that would not be bad for a lifetime subscription for five buddies. If you really thought this was going to be a thing, the thing is though, like, like I said, there's tons of streaming services coming out. This does have the, you know, I guess spin of being retro, but we'll see how it does. Lots of others have come and gone, but AntStream is giving it a good shot. They do seem to have a lot of ideas, as you heard in the video, hopefully. Um, and then, yeah, check it out. That's interesting too. Let's talk about games we have been playing or not playing. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is not fair to our listeners. Like, it's there's not, things happening that you can't sorry, talk about. I don't know what the fuck to do. I'm getting all these messages right now. All right, I'll talk about games I've been yeah, playing because we know you played Jackbox. Yes, I played Jackbox Party Pack one, two, three, four, and five. Holy crap! How long were you playing? Like four hours. Jeez. I can't really like. I'm kind of bored with Jackbox. I'm well, not gonna lie. Well, I mean, you've played it a lot. Played it a lot. You've played it more than it's supposed to be a party game, not like a game game. Yeah. Okay, I've been playing some games. I played some more Zelda. Um, I tried out the Master Sword Trials. Okay. Holy shit! I'm not ready for that. Speaking of like, I did one of them. I the, got the like weird like U-shaped sword thing now. Okay. And so you got through the whole beginnings. There's a beginner, middle, and a. Yeah, I got through the beginning part. I think. Yeah, that was hard. Were you like they strip you naked? Yeah. Yeah, I did that. We're talking about the game still, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I also played some more I Yoshi. Think so, anyways. Yoshi Handcrafted Tale. Um, that should be a forty dollars game. Like it's fun, but it should be a forty dollars game. I, I can't even express why really, but it's which just, game is this? Yoshi's Handcrafted Tale. You keep. Mm. You need to borrow it over the weekend really or something. You should borrow it. Um, it is really cool that you can go back into the stage and go through it backwards to look for pups. I like the fact you can collect, like, outfits, which, like, give you, like, extra hits, basically. So you, like, collect, there's, like, these uh, um, vending machines where you, you can spend your coins on, and you'll get things that are in the level, like the pirate level. You get a little pirate ship, and Yoshi, like, runs around the pirate ship. There's also some levels that have different, like, there's a minecart level. There's a level where you jump into this giant Yoshi mech made out of paper and, like, stomp through the level. There's lots of variety, but it's all side-scrolling and... Um, I don't know. It's cool. It just doesn't feel like a full sixty dollars game. That's lame. That yeah. Sucks kind of. And then I'm playing a game that I've played before, but um, on the Switch, playing some Hob, and I'm loving it. 
it's great. Um, they've made some quality and life improvements, um, little touches here and there. Um, the, there's rumble, there's stuff like that, but there's like interface things that have changed a little bit. The, comp okay. the company that did, um, I think, that brought Doom to the Switch, like they're really good at porting games to the Switch. They handled this, and they did a really good job. Um, so Runic Games doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, which Plus they sucks. Don't, but they don't really handle ports anyway. Anyway, I'm here to tell you that this version is great um, so far. Okay. And Love and Hob, I'm probably going to put up, if I have time, a short gameplay video of it. But I guess I'll have to do Feather first now. So we got game releases. And since Zach is doing... No, I, got, I, I finally have... I literally had 20 people that just messaged me. Um, but I am back now. Sorry. Um in here somewhere. There's one in here that really interests me. <laughs> er there is something fucking shit. You sure you can do this? I'll do it. No, God, I'm fucking doing it. I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. look, look, look. A 233, right? Hershey squirts. Nope, that's not this one. You can't even get to the right place. Okay, Shovel Knight. There's two, ga there's two right, games coming out. Here we go. 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 Junkie. Right. Do you even know what Shovel Knight is? Shovel Knight is like, it's a roguelike. Nope. Hmm. It's an 8-bit style, like, side-scrolling game. Like, think like Mega Man. Okay. But well. you got a shovel instead of a gun. So, apparently, there's King of Cards and Treasure Love coming out to Trove. both in the Trove. Whatever. Why? Why is there two shovel knights coming? I don't know. Makes me want to look into it. Weird. Zanky Zero Last Beginning That's PC, the dumbest PS4. name ever. Dangerous last Beginning. Driving, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. That's what Tim's doing when he leaves here. Shovel Knight Showdown, PC, PS... Or, PC... PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. Another Shovel Knight coming to Nintendo Switch. Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy HD, PS4, Xbox One, PC, Nintendo Switch. Corpse Party, Sweet Sachio Kiko's Hysteric Birthday Bash. That's PC. a cool title. It's a pretty cool title. I can't pronounce it, but it's a cool title. Earth Defense Force, Iron Rain. Shoot bugs. Yep. Uh, Weedcraft. Smoke weed. Yep. Smoke weed. Vapor Aim. Vape, Vape weed. <laughs> Vape weed. Hellblade Sensuna Sacrifice that's, Nintendo Switch. That's, that's, the one that's pretty insane. That's the one that intrigues me. It was a pretty PlayStation insane. 4 ex exclusive for a while. Yeah. It wasn't like a huge like revelation that it came to Xbox One because it's like pretty much a straight yeah. across port. But this on Switch would be, wow, I don't know. Just pretty insane. That I come, Depression, I'm so suicide, everything you all wanted in a video game. Yeah, darkness. Killstreak.tv, PC. Nintendo Labo Toycon. Zero Four VR Kit, Nintendo Switch. I didn't realize their VR Kit was coming out this soon. That's I kind of want it now. Play Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. You'll do it for like 10 minutes and put it away, though. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I we wonder how much... We keep going on it together. We should see how much it is. Yeah. All right, guys. That's it for this week. Don't forget to check us out at Facebook.com forward slash Plug and Play Show. Twitter and Instagram at Plug and Play Cast. YouTube.com forward slash Plug and Play Gamer. And until next week, the Bunsmashers.com. Don't forget to Prime and...